Hello, hello. Come on in. Come on in. Make sure you type your name so I know you're here. And even if you can't stay for the whole live, the best thing that you can do is hit the share button. Hit the share button. You can come back. You can watch the replay. I will absolutely love that. But what I have learned, and I think we all know, is there is nothing greater than word of mouth. So you definitely want to hit that share button because you are the plug to someone else's healing. So make sure you hit that share button for me and type one word check in in the comments to describe your week in one word. Hello, hello. I see you guys are coming in. I'm so excited. We're about to start soon. I was just saying, even if you can't stay for the whole, we gotta do something, we gotta do something with the bang here. Hold up, hold up. Okay. Even if you can't stay for the whole live, the best thing that you can possibly do is hit the share button. You're the plug. You are the plug between someone else's healing and um, word of mouth is the best way to get this message out to people. I am super excited. I want to see your comments. Give me one word to describe your week. Um, and then we will be starting very shortly. So get your one word ready. Get that one word ready. I got my one word. I know exactly how I feel about this week. And this week has been crazy, hasn't it? We're going to start in a few more seconds. Welcome, welcome, come on in, hit that share button. Make sure you hit that share button, y'all. Hey, so good to see you. I love you guys, I just love your support. Make sure you hit that share button. Remember, this is interactive. Even if you're watching a replay, I want you to still type in comments because I go back in and I comment back to you. So make sure that you do that. And I'm about to go to my countdown, y'all. womanhood and motherhood is a quest we can't accomplish on our own so we invite queens from all over the world to share their struggles their triumphs and their quests in conquering their queendom we pray that god restore reveal and revive us into the queens he wants us to become god's will be done thy queendom come
Hey y'all, hey, welcome to Thy Queendom Come. I am so excited for the second episode, the second episode of my podcast. Super excited to connect with y'all. As always, I want to do a one-word check-in. Can you describe your work your week for me in just one word? What you got for me? Type it right in the comments. Let me tell y'all, my word, despite of everything that is happening, is hopeful. I am feeling very hopeful. You can't take this away from me, the audacity of hope, okay? Um, I just feel like the voters came out. I, especially in Philadelphia, am very proud because in 2016, over 500,000 people didn't vote and the person in office now won by 44,000. So the fact that we came out in numbers, I'm super proud and I am hopeful. And regardless, I know that God has the final say and he is in complete control. The episode for today is episode number two, which is the real beautiful part one. So I want you to make sure that you grab your Hello Beautiful mug. Mine is empty tonight. Mine is empty tonight because... I have the new Hello Beautiful water bottle. Yes, I cannot wait to put this on the market for y'all. I had ice in this for hours and it's still there. Uh, make sure you fill up with your favorite drink of delight. And let's enter the throne room. You can always order your mugs, your t-shirts um, at hellobeautiful.info. And for my clients, AKA my queens that are on, make sure you have your notebook ready because you know I got some notes for y'all tonight. <clears throat> So, yes, we are going to be discussing um, the real beautiful part one. Um, as you know, I spell beautiful a very different way than most people do. And there's a story behind it. And that's what I definitely <laughs> want to share. Thank you, Clack. I see you. Thank you. All right. So let's get into it. So I kind of want to know, in your own words, what do you think it means to be beautiful? What do you think it means to be beautiful? It can be an appearance. It can be an attribute. It can be any one of those things. What do you think? Type it in the comments for me. Even if you're watching the replay, you want to make sure you still participate. I always go back. I always comment. I want to interact with you. It's Friday night. So what do you think it means to be beautiful? Loving the way you look. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yes. Being good on the inside. Yes, for sure. Those are really great answers. And of course, the definition goes way more deeper than that, right? So the issue that I personally have with the word beautiful and the definition, the English teacher in me, is that it is not only is it superficial, but it's from someone else's point of view. You know that whole saying, the eye of the beholder? Like how can someone else tell me that I'm beautiful? I've always had an issue with that. And especially growing up, I feel like a lot of women have those type of issues, right? Let me check my comments again. Inner peace makes me feel beautiful 
and confident. And someone else says inner beauty. For sure, knowing how you are on the inside definitely makes us feel beautiful. But it seems like we know that, but the world kind of doesn't go by that standard, right? It feels like the world's idea of beauty is completely skewed and incorrect. Completely skewed and incorrect because, again, it seems to come from an outside source. Someone outside of you telling you what's beautiful. And many women have struggled with that. What are some things you struggle with as a child with your appearance? And is it still a struggle? Definitely type your answers in the comments. I want to chat with you about that. For me, when I was younger, I struggled with my complexion. I don't know where it came from. I'm guessing that it was from outside sources. You know, those those things of, oh, you're pretty for a dark girl. First of all, I'm just pretty. And what you're trying to say, dark girls aren't pretty. But I remember being lighter when I was younger. Out of all my siblings, I remember being a lighter one. And for some reason, as I got darker, I started to equate that with I'm no longer beautiful. I used to try to change everything. I would. I was known for having different colored contacts. I had hazel, green, purple, anything to kind of take away from the fact that I had glasses, had glasses since I was in fourth grade. So child, I'm blind. I'm blind, blind. I need my glasses to find my glasses, okay? And um, I had all kind of different kind of contacts and I hated the way I look with glasses and I hated my complexion. So what are some things that you struggle with as a child with your appearance? And is it still a struggle for you? We're going to tie that into the fact that, yes, the world's idea of beauty is completely skewed and incorrect. Therefore, the things that we think about ourselves are completely skewed and incorrect as well. And I'm going to share what the definition I discovered and what I came up with for beautiful is. So as you know, my company is Hello Beautiful. It is a mom and daughter's relationship coaching business. I am a woman's life coach and a mom and daughter's relationship coach. But I first started off with my nonprofit, Beautiful Inc., to try to empower young girls. You know, my saying was, we all know that education is essential, but how can a girl know the importance of her education if she doesn't even know the importance of her self-worth? And I came up with this definition. Beautiful is the act of knowing one's worth, the ability to heal from one's hurt, and the audacity to embrace one's flaws. Child, that's a deep definition right there. And we're only going to be diving into part one tonight, which is the act of knowing one's worth. I'm super excited to do this. Remember, if you are watching the replay, you can type replay in the comments. The best thing that you can do is share because you are the plug. You are the plug between someone's healing. So make sure you share this podcast. Let's jump into this story. <clears throat> so how I came up with this first part of the definition, an act of knowing one's worth, is I first had to discover that there is a complete difference between your self-esteem and your self-worth. There is a major difference between your self-esteem and your self-worth. Now, let's take a look at it. 
So your self-esteem is what we think and how we feel about ourselves. It is an evaluation. Honey child, I cannot tell you how many times I stand in front of the mirror and I am straight mad at what I see. I got stretch marks in places I didn't even know you had stretch marks, okay? But what did Cat Williams say? You got stretch marks because you was either big and got small or you were small and you got big, okay? My self-esteem, it wanes. It is something that may go up and down because it is me evaluating myself. But it has absolutely nothing to do with my self-worth. Your self-worth is the belief that you are valuable and lovable regardless of your evaluation of yourself. And that's something that I had to learn. And so this is part one of the story of how I discovered what it means to be beautiful. It starts with a love story and a broken dream. <laughs> All right, so <clears throat> my first episode, I walked you through my queendom and I told you that I was a rebel. I was a rebel to the core. I was a rebel so much that I almost did not finish high school. Now, let me tell you something. I am extremely smart, but I am also an extreme social butterfly. And I looked at high school as a popularity contest. And the last few years of my high school career, I did not care about school too much. I did not care to the point that my math teacher pulled me to the side and said, you are not graduating. I swear to y'all, that same day, my mother told me that my grandpa just bought his tickets from St. Thomas for my graduation. Woo, child, I was so scared. I did not know what to do. So I had weeks, <laughs> I had weeks to get my life together and make sure that I graduated. And thankfully I did. But I tell y'all that because the only college I was able to get into was Lincoln University and Lincoln PA, okay? And shout out to all my HBCUs. <laughs> However, the problem with that is my parents told us our whole life, you are only allowed to go three hours away from school. Lincoln was six hours away six hours away, okay? And I tell people all the time, it was just too much freedom for someone like me. The, um, I believe within a month and some change of going to school, the teachers went on strike and there were no classes, but there was a party every single night. And I tell people, I got not one credit, not a one credit, but I did meet my husband. So when my parents discovered that um, there was no class and I was just up there doing absolutely nothing all day, you all should have saw Christmas break. Christmas break was like move-in day. All these parents came with these moving vans to get their kids up out of there. My parents came with the church bus. <laughs> they were not playing. So I remember leaving and just feeling completely disappointed in myself, but then also like completely heartbroken because I met this really great guy that I wanted to see what it will turn out to. And you know, I'm 18. I, I'm, I feel like I'm completely in love with him. So I call my husband who we didn't even have titles at this time. And I tell him I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. And I don't know what that means. And he said to me, you know how people always say, they're always going to keep in touch. I promise you I'm going to keep in touch with you. I did not believe him. That 
following Monday, I got a call early in the morning. He's like, good morning, beautiful. And I'm like, good morning. And he's like, I know you're asleep. You don't like nobody messing with your sleep. Call me later. And he hung up. The next day, good morning, beautiful. And he did that for two whole years. So <clears throat> these calls develop into love letters as well. And I was signed beautiful at the end since that's what he would call me. And I started spelling it the way that I spell it now. So that's the spelling and how I got there. But the true meaning and knowing my worth came much later. Um, I discovered at two years that like, listen, we've been doing this long distance thing and I kind of want to figure out what this love is about. So I think I want to move close to you. And he decided he wasn't going to go back south. He stayed in Philly. So I decided to look for a school. And I found the best school in my mind in the world, the Art Institute, because it had two things that I love, fashion and marketing put together. You couldn't tell me anything. So I told my parents, I'm moving to Philly. I'm going to go to school for fashion marketing. And my father laughed in my face, child. <laughs> so, of course, being the rebel that I am, I wrote out a whole synopsis, a whole portfolio, and showed him how much people make and that it's a real career and that I'm going. So, of course, at this time, my parents was like, all right, we trust you. Here you go. It's two years later. I hope you get it right this time. So my big dream was that I was going to move to Philly. I was going to go to the Art Institute and I was going to have my own fashion marketing corporation, my own fashion magazine. You couldn't tell me anything. Well, that dream came crashing down. <laughs> About a year later after moving here, I'm five months pregnant and we are getting married. I had to leave school. It was way too expensive. And I find myself with a completely broken dream. I remember one of the last assignments for one of my classes before I dropped out. You know, I said I had this love-hate relationship for Philly because I would um, visit my boyfriend at the time on a Greyhound. And I would see these big, gigantic buildings. And I'm thinking they're corporations. And I'm going to be in there one day. Come to find out they're Liberty Brace. They're shopping places. And I was living in the posh center city, but I would go and visit our friends in the hood and I would see the trash difference. Um, I remember writing in the paper that there are so much talent and gifts in the hood, but their dreams are broken and scattered on the concrete like the litter everywhere. I remember writing that and feeling completely heartbroken that I had to leave school. So are there any of you that have any dreams that got completely deferred? What were your dreams? You can type it in the comment. Um, I would love to chat with you more about that. <laughs> I'm reading some of the comments now. Mm, yes. Yes, thank you. All right, so we are gonna fast forward. I'm married, I'm a mother, I'm an employee and I am completely lost, completely lost. Um, I even feel myself getting a little teary eyed now because I realized that I was lost. I completely lost myself in the titles that other people needed me to be. 
And this is something so common with women as nurturers. We put on the hat of mother. We put in the hat of wife. We do these things because it's what needs to be done. We are willing to sacrifice ourselves for that. But in the end, we end up losing ourselves for sure. Have you ever lost yourself? If you feel lost, you can type lost in the comments. It's okay to be transparent and actually put it out there. Like, have you ever felt lost? Because I have. And I have met many women that have. My mentor, Kayla, shout out to you, Kayla. Um, she told me the way she saw it was, you know, God told her, go get your buried treasure. She had to bury her treasure for a time, her talents and her gifts in order to step into this role of wife and mother. And it's the things that we do. So I find myself at my job. I'm at the front desk. I have lots of time on my hand. And I find myself saying, where in the world is Kadeen? Where is she? I had this really big dream coming here and it's completely lost. So I had to ask myself, how in the world do I get back to my dream? How do I get back to my dream? And I started saying this mantra to myself. I started saying, I was Kadeen before I was a mother. I was Kadeen before I was a wife. I was Kadeen before I was a student. Like I was, I was, and then it became, I am. I am Kadeen. And what does Kadeen want to do? How do I get back to my dream? Well, I had to create my own path. So here's something that popped up with trying to create my own path. Time has gone by. This is now four to five years after going to the Art Institute. Having a fashion magazine is something laughable about because there's something that has emerged called blogs and they're all the rave. And I have no idea what these people are talking about. So I had to start to create and research and uh, create my own path. So I spent hours and hours on YouTube learning graphic design just to make my own logo um, and try to teach myself website design to make this blog. And I decided that I am going to be a fashion blogger. So here is the first part of what I start to discover what this know thy worth is. Worth is not your accomplishment. Because as I'm trying to create my own path, I start to do what many people call the imposter syndrome, where you feel like you're an imposter, you feel like you don't have what it takes, you feel like you are not an expert. Um, I did not have a degree. I never got my fashion degree. I didn't have, I didn't finish my business degree. I have no letters behind my name. How can I possibly be taken seriously when I haven't accomplished anything? These are the things that I'm saying to myself. And these are the things that you have probably said to yourself. What are some things that you regret that you haven't accomplished? I definitely want you to type that in the comment. I can see that I got some viewers on now. Let me read some comments. I say someone says, yep, I've been there before. Yep. I think you can feel lost if you stop being true to yourself and your happiness and put it off to put other needs before your own. Yes, honey. That's exactly what happens. Um, 
Yep. So I have fashion merchandising, but I had to switch career paths to physical health. You already know. You already know. <laughs> it's the dream that we had and the reality came in, right? What are some things that you regret that you haven't accomplished? Make sure you put that in the comments. I completely understand that there's a delay in the comments that you put. So I promise I'll go back to that. Well, let me tell y'all how I created my own path and how um, I started to realize that my worth is not my accomplishments. Chow, I was a fashion blogger without a blog. You couldn't tell me nothing. Let me tell y'all how this happened. So I'm learning graphic design. I'm teaching myself all these things. And I realized that there is a major fashion event coming up in Philly and I have to be there. I am at work. I'm at the front desk and I realized that it is today. I call my husband, baby, there's an event at this time. I got to go. He's like, go ahead. I'm like, I don't have any business cards. Now, mind you, I just told you I was at the front desk. I was a receptionist. I go in the supply closet that only I had the key to. I go and I get the name tags that you print out and that you laminate. This is so ghetto. <laughs> it's not ghetto, it's creative. Um, I print out 10 of my business cards. These things look a hot mess, okay? I laminate them because I thought I was fancy. Like, <laughs> who has a laminated business card, right? And I go to this event. I don't got not a blog, not an article, not nothing yet. I go with just me and this card. And I'm in this room with some pretty big names in Philly in the fashion scene. And I've never had a shy bone in my body. And I'm just going up to people with a smile and a laminated uh, name tag business card. And people are like, so what's your blog? And I was like, well, it will be Beautiful Addiction, but I don't have it yet. And people would just start cracking up every time I said it. And um, I would just tell them what the idea is behind it and they would love it. And here's what happened. Another event will come and I still wasn't quite finished yet. And instead of me going up to people, people were now coming up to me. Hey, did you do your blog yet? And I'm like, you remember me? Yes, I remember you. I love your personality. I love your smile. And what I started to realize is my worth is not my accomplishments. People were drawn just to me, not the letters behind my name, not the experience that I had, just Kadeen, the light that I have inside of me, people were completely drawn to that. People will remember me when I showed up as my true self, 100% Kadeen. And that really started to open up doors for me. But the thing is, once I did build this fashion blog, um, and the first year I ever tried to get in a fashion scene for Philly Fashion Week, I had to buy a ticket. The second year I had a media pass. People started to know me. But what I found was it was too superficial for me. My blog and writing about other designers and the things that they did, it really didn't empower people. And this is how I came up to the second part of knowing what my worth is and what one of my gifts is because I've always been someone that needed to empower others. So what I discovered is that worth is not your money or lack of it. And this is part of the story where I was a banker with no money. 
a banker with absolutely no money. So <clears throat> before I get into this, let me check my comments. <laughs> it's not ghetto, it's creative. Yes, girl, yes. Mm hmm. I wanted to write a devotional book. And yes, I wanted to start a blog and had the idea and everything. The fear of being open up about me and my experiences. Yes, because you have to show up true and you have to be transparent. And that's very scary for most people. But this is what I would say to that. And this is just a pause. And on any of my clients on, make sure you write this in your notebook for sure. Your story does not belong to you. Your story does not belong to you. Your story is meant to be shared because you hold the key to other people's healing. So most of the time, the fear of opening up and talking about your experiences, that ain't nothing but the enemy trying to stop you from healing other people. Your story does not belong to you, which is exactly what this podcast is about, right? Because I'm sharing not only how I got to certain things, but it's being transparent about some of the things that I've been through as well. So thank you for sharing that. And I want you to know whatever you want to do, jump on it and do it. Don't let the enemy stop you from that. All right. Being a banker with no money. So <clears throat> after the reception job, I get laid off. And I find myself at a bank. Child, I went from being able to definitely put something, bring something to the table in my family, help out with any part that may have fallen short, to making $11 an hour. And I started tying my self-worth with my money. And that's why I say your worth is not your money or the lack of it. So I find myself at a bank. And here's the thing about this bank. It was PFCU right on Germantown Avenue. We are the only branch in Philadelphia at this time with all minority women. There was only one man and he was the branch manager. So I find myself here and I'm noticing that none of these women are talking to each other. They say a few things to each other, but when I have individual conversations with them, they're amazing, but no one is talking to each other. On top of that, no one can really stand this branch manager because he comes in and he doesn't say anything to anyone. Well, if you know me, if you know me, we got a saying in our family, first of all, that says, did, uh, did I sleep with you? Which means I did not wake up in the same bed as you, so you need to say good morning to me, right? I would come, good morning, bright sunshine. You're going to speak to me. You're going to say good morning to me. And again, that light that I had, he was definitely attracted to that light. These other women are attracted to this light. And I say to myself, there is absolutely no reason why all these women shouldn't be together. So... I thank Shonda Rhimes for this because there was a new show coming out called How to Get Away with Murder. And I went up to each woman and I said to them, why don't you come to my house on Thursday to watch this and let's make it a potluck. So I started having girls nights every Thursday. And here's where I decided or where I discovered that I have the gift of being a sister's keeper. I have the gift of creating these circles where I empower people and where my life gets better and their life gets better. 
Let me tell y'all something. After we started coming together to eat, to drink, and to watch how to get away with murder, I said to them, there's no way we shouldn't be taking over this bank. This is a bank full of educated minority women and we can run the world, therefore we can run this bank. We became the second branch, the second highest um, accomplished bank in the city just by coming together. And it's something that I learned about myself is I have this that gift that people are attracted to my light and that I'm a sister's keeper. And this is how I start getting toward the business idea, which is a whole nother podcast. But we're just sticking to worth right now. The third thing that I learned is that worth is not what others may say about you. This is the hardest lesson that I learned. The first lesson was worth is not your accomplishments. The second lesson was worth is not your money. And the third was worth is not what others may say about you. I left the bank to go work in my creative graveyard. And if you watch my first podcast, then you know what that creative graveyard is. And you know what I mean by that. It's a cubicle, nine to five. For anyone with creativeness in them, a cubicle is a creative graveyard for you. This place was the most toxic job I've ever worked. I first started going there being myself. Good morning, sunshine coming through. And I worked with older women. Now you have to understand, I just came from an environment where I just put women together. That's my thing. So when I walked in here and I saw I have a department where all women, I'm like, bet. We about to do this. I'm going to get them together. But how many of you know that sometimes older women see younger women and instead of taking them under their wing, being a mentor, they start to get jealous of them. And there's a bitterness that forms. And I was up against oppositions left and right to the point where they started um going up to higher ups. They wanted investigations done about me and my boss because me and her were so cool and close. They wanted to know if we knew each other before I got there because she was horrible to them, but nice to me. I mean, complete chaos. And someone from a different department after about a year pulled me to the side and she says, you are letting them take your light. You do not walk in here like you used to. You used to come in here with a smile. You used to brighten up everyone's day. And now you have become like a dark cloud in this dark place. And it was shortly after that I went to a church event. And the preacher was prophesying over people. And he came to me. And in all honesty, I wish I can tell you everything that he said to me. But my the way my girlfriend tells it is he said something about bringing women together. And this is what he said before I was slain out on the floor. He said that I had been walking around looking like what they say about me. And by the time he put his hand on my forehead, I was slain out 
in the spirit on the ground. I don't know what happened. I don't got nothing else to the story. That's all I have. But I do know that when I got back up off that floor, I was never the same. I decided that no matter where I was going to be, whether it was a dark place or not, I was going to be the sun. I was going to be the light. And what I think we do is we start to tie our worth with what people say about us because we start to actually believe them. What are some things that people say about you that you actually believed? I'm going to jump to my comments. So I can see what y'all in here chatting about. Someone says, woo child, you preaching. <laughs> uh, because you hold the key to someone else's healing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Coach Ebb calls it judgment. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for saying I'm dope. I appreciate you loving it. Make sure you share it because you are the plug to someone else's healing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So my question is, what are some things that people say about you that you actually believed? And here's the thing, and this has to be another podcast episode, but the reason why I had such a hard time at this job is because these people were triggering something in me. I had a history with older church women casting judgment on me as a preacher's kid. I had um, previous history with older church women uh, putting me on a pedestal and me thinking they're really like taking me under their wing, but instead they were doing things hurtful. So that's a whole nother part of that. But um, yeah, I started to tie my worth with what these people were saying about me. So what are some things that people say about you that you may actually believe? And this may be something positive, but what I'm referring to is actually something negative. I'm trying to get you to realize that your worth is not tied to what people say about you, right? All right, let's move on while you guys type those answers out. So what I discovered by being on that floor completely slain out in church after someone then told me that I've been walking around looking like what they say about me. How, how can he possibly know that? How can he possibly know? The thing that I discovered is the act of knowing one's worth is believing what God says about you. It has absolutely nothing to do with what others say about you. It has absolutely nothing to do with your accomplishments. It has nothing to do with how much money you make. And it has nothing to do with what the world says about you. Knowing your worth is one thing and one thing only. And that is believing what God says about you. Now, I got to pull out the teacher in me so that you completely understand this. The know and know thy worth, it's not the act of knowing something or having that knowledge. This type of know is the act of developing a relationship and spending time with. And the best way to know your own worth and to spend time with yourself and build a relationship with yourself is to spend time in God's word. Trust me, honey. There ain't no other way. Because why would you go to the world? Why would you go to other people and their definition of what worth is when you can just go directly to the source? And I got it for y'all. I can prove it to y'all. Let me prove it to y'all right now. 
here is what I discovered. And this is why my first t-shirt line that I had, had scriptures embedded and it was completely reversed. It was mirrored so that when people looked at you, it was backwards. But when you looked in the mirror, it was perfectly fine. And that's why I had Psalms 139 under the Know Thy Worth t-shirt. Because here's what it says. And I'm reading it from the Messenger Bible because I understand that King James Version, a lot of people think it's kind of old. They don't understand it. And the Message Bible is what I call savage. Someone interpreted in our own tongue. And here is what it says. Oh, yes. You shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watch me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. Honey, there ain't no better definition of how I am beautiful and how I am worthy than that. Building a relationship with myself, building a relationship with my worth, building a relationship with God. That is how I find out what my worth is. And that is the exact first part of how I came up with the definition for beautiful. Listen, if you feel like you are completely struggling with finding yourself worth, I would love to be your guide. I would love to help you get to that point of realization. There are so many things that happen in our life, so many things that happen in our past that have put a dent, has put a shadow over our self-worth. And I would love to guide you through that. So if you are struggling with self-worth, feel free to book a consultation with me at hellobeautiful.info. Type in the comments. You can type struggle. You can type book me. You can type whatever you need. I promise I'll comment back to you. And I would love to chat with you. Let me go to my comments. Let me see where we at. Mm-hmm. So what are things people are saying to you? Either I'm too emotional or not emotional enough. Can they please pick a side? <laughs> But here's what I've learned about emotions. And my clients that are listening right now, feel free to write this down in your notebook as well. And I can't take the credit for this because my sister, my sister is the one who taught me this. And like I told y'all before, she is a licensed therapist and it's wonderful to have your sister. Well, she's not really my therapist, but y'all know what I mean. She said to me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, your emotions are valid but it doesn't mean they're true. What in the world? I was blown away because we love being in our emotions and because they're justified, we sometimes believe them. But sometimes you have to sit back in the situation and be like, is this just my emotions? And what my emotions are telling me, is it actually true? So yeah. Someone says that I am weird and spectacular. 
at the same time. And I think weird is spectacular for sure. Um, many of us, the things that we may have got teased about when we are younger, that is something we still have not healed from. And that is the second part of the definition. And that'll be the next episode. And it is having the ability to heal from past hurt. That is how we discover the true meaning of beautiful, for sure. I absolutely love spending this time with y'all. I'm gonna open up the floor to any Q&A. It is a little bit difficult because there is so much of a delay, but I promise if you type your questions in, I do go back in. If you're watching the replay, make sure you type replay. If you have any questions for me, I would absolutely love it. And of course, here is that website one more time if you want to work with me. If you want to work with me, it is www.hellobeautiful.info. Now you know why I spell beautiful the way I do. And now you know the first part of Know Thy Worth. I hope that you guys had a wonderful, wonderful time with me tonight. Make sure you share it. Yes, I love the sisterhood in the comments. Yes, I'm a sister's keeper. I keep them all together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You guys are completely awesome. Let me know if you have any questions. Put it in the comment. Remember, you can order your cup. Soon you'll be able to order the water bottle. Look at that. The ice is still in there. And, of course, your T-shirts. Don't forget your T-shirts. Every single last one of the proceeds always go toward my workshops with moms and daughters. So, please, support. We'll definitely love your support. All right. So right now I have no more questions. I want you guys to have an absolutely wonderful night. Do not stress over this election. May you have that JP, that Jesus peace that goes beyond any understanding. And no matter what happens, God is always in control. And remember that you are beautiful simply because God says so. Love y'all.